Hey, 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 and welcome to another episode of Free the Geek. I'm really getting on a roll with this, and I'm really, really happy about it. Anyway, in this episode, I have on my mate Oliver Davies, and just like in the previous episode, I had so many ideas going into this, but we got into this rolling chat, and it just sort of seemed to organically go that we just went with it. We talked about so many things, from Drupal, Bus Factor, pair programming, preparing handover information before you go on holidays, working remotely versus working in an office. It, it, it's just, we just went on and on and on. So it is a bit longer. Okay, it's more than a bit. It's actually kind of about a quarter of an hour to 20 minutes longer than a usual episode. But that said... It's a fantastic rolling chat that we have decided to call Horror Stories from the Road. You'll see why, kind of at the start of the, the podcast. Anyway, without further ado, here is the wonderful fireside chat with Oliver and myself. Cue the intro music. If you want to learn the essentials of developing and deploying applications with Docker Compose, especially if you've been struggling to figure out what you need to know while Googling, searching Stack Overflow, and various other forums, then you'll love Deploy with Docker Compose. It's a free book and course that teaches you the essentials of building images and deployment configurations, tagging images, and pushing them to remote container registries, how to debug applications running inside containers, how to debug containers when they don't work as expected, and how to deploy your application to a production environment or any other environment using Docker Compose. Now, it doesn't cover every possible Docker command, nor does it go absolutely super duper deep in depth about anything that you could know. It just covers the essentials that you need to know so that you can deploy your first application with confidence. And you also get a host of supporting information, tips, tricks, and pointers to help you out when you get stuck. Check it out today at deploywithdockercompose.com. typical thing of someone wants to do one thing on their website so we'll give them the administrator role rather than make a new role just for that one thing on it so yeah you are the host now but that's that's it right like i will give you god mode yeah and you only want to do i don't know update this field that's okay mm -hmm. you won't shoot yourself in the foot will you no then you say that i had a discussion with a client recently because mm -hmm. this is what happened and then one day the site is down and i'm like okay like, like if, if you deployed anything i'm like no and it turns out there was a message coming up at the this person had logged into the site with the administrator role mm -hmm. so they were seeing a banner that said there are security updates go here and like click here and do it mm -hmm. uh and they had you know, permissions to click the link that did it it was on a file write uh, writable file system for the web server it just went and just updated 
a module that broke stuff. And we're like, yeah, that's not good. <laughs> no. uh, so I'm like, at least able to use it as a bit of justification to the client, to, to my client, to mm -hmm. go back to their client and just say, look, we need to review <laughs> all these people, the administrator role. And my yeah. gut feeling is there's probably, you had it with, the, with our work site recently, someone mm -hmm. had an administrator role and all they needed was a permission that said, add translations. So mm -hmm. doing it properly, we made a translator role just with one permission and gave them that. But yeah, yeah quick term fix administrator <laughs> it's like what's that saying it's nothing more permanent than a temporary fix that's exactly right <laughs> and i think this is as good a topic as any to just dive on in because yes. that reminds me when i worked at a company i should i should I no no it's so bright cool. i can say it broadly enough uh, i worked at a company called suncorp in australia and it's the fourth biggest bank and insurance company or something i think and i'm not giving anything like internal away really Okay. <laughs> that isn't kind of probably synonymous to mm -hmm. many other companies over a certain size or organizations. And this was, or as I heard periodically from some of the older, older, or people who've been there for longer tenure than myself, had said it was in IT, it was such the company that so many different people of different developers, DBAs and all that sort of stuff, or even what we like, like, uh, what are they called? BAs, mm -hmm. um, had written apps for various things that started off as, oh, I could really do something that would just help me do this. Yeah. And then it sat on a little computer, yeah, preferably a little computer in a corner somewhere mm -hmm. and just ticked away. And then gradually more people came or heard about it and started to depend on it until one day yep. the computer broke, but the person who'd written it, well, they were gone. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. no one knew where it was and you had to like hunt around the office to find well, where was it anyway? Oh, it was written in, whoa, does anybody know how to write that? Yep. And I, yeah. I've been in rooms that have that computer in them that literally say, Ooh. do not switch off this machine, you know, the website or yes. something, something is running on it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's always, that, that seems to be pretty typical with clients like, you know, oh, oh yeah, we need to change the DNS. Like, okay, well, who manages our DNS or, uh, SSL certificate has run out or something. And then it's like, well, you know, Jim <laughs> did that. He worked here five years ago. Nobody, <laughs> nobody, nobody else knows how that works. So. Like, and then you say, and let me guess, Jim was the only one who knew about it, mm -hmm. had the passwords of various credentials yeah. and no one has his contact details anymore, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, and yeah, I left a job a, a couple of jobs ago. Um, and yeah, we worked on a project and a couple of months or a couple of weeks or a couple of months after I left and I'm like, oh, hi, how are you? How are things going? Um, how do we deploy the website? <laughs> oh. And I sort of went, it was using like GitFlow and I'd set up different branches and you could mm -hmm. have to merge from branch A to branch B and whatever. This was a few years ago. And I was like, well, if if we're still following that whole process, then you do da 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 da. And they said, oh no, we we, we didn't have time for that. We we got rid of that. And I'm what? like, no idea. Sorry. <laughs> so what? We just left it there. But it was um, that was an interesting email. Sure. I will I will share two. No 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 one one maybe two more stories. But okay. these ones I will have to kind of blurt names out mm -hmm. and so forth. And I will just say at unnamed company that I happen to work for. Yeah. some years ago uh it was a 
it, 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 it was a fun time. I think we should label this episode horror stories from the road. <laughs> <clears throat> and kind of just go with that. I think that might get like a lot of interest. Um, and it, it turned out that it, it was generally like a, it was a nice place to be mostly. But mm-hmm. the person that I reported to, the, the head of IT, liked to keep things to himself. Okay. Not because he was forgetful, but because he did it intentionally. And everybody right. had to go through him. Mm-hmm. And it, as best as memory serves, most of the it, things had kind of ambled along well enough. And he, would, he was generally quite attentive, but he was very, very precious. This was my domain and nobody Okay. Nobody touches it. And mm. so the rest, like the, the owners and managers of the business just kind of went, okay, that's just him. Um, and that, but I thought, well, you know, I was hired in a, you know, like a, a senior dev role there. And so I thought, well, as part of that, that's one of the things that I probably do because I was meant to also be mentoring juniors. So okay. anybody you know, who roughly knows me from that time will probably know which company I'm talking about. <laughs> But no, no, I started talking to him. He said, no, no, I sought that out. And every time you talked about things like getting access to deploy this, update, yeah, yeah DNS, da, 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 no, walls just went up. Yeah. No, no, that's mine. And I said to him one day, what if you get sick? Yeah. Oh, well, people have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And he's, and, and anytime from that conversation, if you, if I mentioned it, he got tested and I thought, I don't know what the chip on your shoulder is, but this is weird. And then one day mm-hmm. he left and I, and, but he left, uh, ages after I did. Mm-hmm. I kind of, I wondered periodically for a while thinking what would happen on that day? Cause yeah. he would share that with no one mm-hmm. or he might just dump this file and say, good luck, Absolutely. goodbye. Yeah. And that's, that's, I've seen that in a couple of places, actually, you know, somebody has left and then they're working, let's say four weeks notice or eight weeks notice. And the majority of that time is just writing handover docs for the next person. <laughs> And it's rather than like, well, why is that not spread out? Like, why are people not writing docs, you know, the rest mm. of the time? Why, why is it this very last thing that people do? Like, oh, yeah, we need to document how so-and-so and so works. Um, but exactly. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. But there is a thought. Like, maybe you should sort of segue into that. I don't know. Is it, if, the, if you have particular topics you would like to cover, absolutely, let's go there. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I've had some interesting conversations recently where we just sort of just start somewhere and yeah. it just goes. <laughs> yeah, that's what's happened here, I think, isn't it, really? But Yeah, it's sort it's of fun. like it, I had this ra- <laughs> ra- ra- uh, raging conversation that started off quite unintentionally with uh, on, on an upcoming episode. And then we just said it, was, it turned into such a, such a rollingly good time. We thought, let's just carry on. Because <laughs> I yeah. tried to do this formal thing, right? I have my list of questions or at least a few to you know, to, to go, trying to yeah. seem like a qualified host. <laughs> and it just seems to be, let's just start somewhere and off we go. Off we go. Mm-hmm. Um, but on that point, you said just then about um, doing that last scramble in the last few weeks. Do you feel that that is like just IT culture that... Yeah, 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 yeah. We just do that, or a general work culture. Because I've had friends in the military, in various other sectors, who all seem to say the same thing. Oh, yeah, I'm coming up to holiday. Can't wait to get to holiday last week. Oh, I can't talk to you at all. They're just mm. gone for a week because they're working all sorts of hours to to 
get stuff ready to, to hand over so that they can go on holidays. I'm wondering what your feel is on that. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe. I mean, it happened to me. I, as I say, just took some time off as well. And they were like, well, have you got anything to hand over? And I'm like, no, it's like, <laughs> we're, we're fine. But then at least I try and be quite intentional to you know, not do what we're saying and, and you know, make sure we've got documentation written for things and make sure I've got Jira tickets or tickets updated or, yeah, I suppose always in being like day job as a lead role, you were trying to shed all the out and not be the bottleneck and not have that as factor that sort of said mm -hmm. that there was. Um this is why I'm keen on, you know, uh just documenting things, but also like peer programming in particular. Just mm -hmm. specific a techie thing specifically. But yeah, I really like pairing uh with people. Probably because it's quite nice, particularly since everybody's remote, mostly now always I've been remote for a few years anyway. Mm. It's nice to have a bit of a social interaction and as well as like someone does a thing and you're like, what did you just press? That was really cool. <laughs> find, find that out. But mm -hmm. from, not, from the knowledge sharing perspective, two of you now know about the thing that you've just written rather than just having the one person. Mm -hmm. So when I came to go away, it's like, yeah, no, so-and-so worked on that with me. So they know about it as well. And we've got the deployment process written down. We've got our notes. We've got a checklist for how that works. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so trying to be aware of it sort of avoid it same thing might come up with a client with a freelance client though that might be mm. a thing but yeah i don't know it could be a thing in other professions as well i'm just trying to think um my wife works in a school so i'm sure there's some comparable thing mm -hmm. <laughs> with the, oh we've got to get all of our marking done or something i'm sure there must be something <laughs> as well i know some teachers who i swear just it's it's a common story at least you know segueing there it's you know you get so many holidays or at least it seems to the outside looking in yeah. and then they say, yeah, 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 I have like what one or two weeks. And then I have this huge box or several boxes of marking to do. It's just, Oh, it seems so glamorous looking from the outside in until I saw that box. Yeah. Oh, there are more boxes behind the first couple of boxes. Oh yeah. Like, oh yeah. You, you start in line and finish at three thirty, right? And it's like, <laughs> no, that, no that, that's when the kids start and finish. Like, mm. You know, it's not uncommon. For me, yeah, I drive past the school. Uh, it's like, you know, not uncommon to see teachers leaving at like you know, seven or eight in the evening. Or sometimes you see them leaving at late times, or, or you know, I'm sure that's not all of them, but yeah, they're working. Although mm. my wife's doing some qualifications now, and she's like, oh, yeah, we've got to do this before we go back. And um, yeah, I suppose it happens everywhere in all different yeah. types of places. I, I, as we were going through that, I did remember one tech profession. I've heard this story over and over. I think it was DBAs and admin, NSYS admins or decent ones. Because I remember working as a developer and it was just generally kind of, it seemed a very person to person. And I started off quite raw, quite, quite haphazard and gradually became more focused over time. But I always had the similar story about sysadmins and DBAs. Um, where you would see most other people in tech just, oh, you know, crunching deadlines, this is busy, that's busy, that's busy, which I guess there is a distinction in how the roles work and what they are. But uh, friends had remarked they would see DBAs who just seemed to be generally quite casual, just like, yeah, yeah, doing this. Yeah, some mm. who smoke would go for a cigarette break, others, uh, you know, a bit of coffee. and But never, as a general rule, seemed quite stressed or busy and they, friends always tell the same story that they would go over to them eventually and say 
what's the deal with you? Like, because okay. I'm thinking of being a sysadmin or DBA because you always seem to be just generally quite cruisy. You know, every so often right. there's this burst, mm -hmm. but it's an exception to the rule. And I said, what's the deal with that? And the same line comes back. They say, if I'm busy all the time, I'm not doing my job right or I shouldn't be in it. And yeah. they say, well, what do you mean? They said, well, my job is to make everything else work smoothly so that you just mm -hmm. don't see it. So everybody else can get on with their jobs. So I'm yeah. like, if I'm constantly doing things, people are haranguing me, that's bad, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. I guess maybe it's person to person or certain professions or sub segments of professions that perhaps bring, bring it out or don't. Yeah, I mean, it's sort of interesting. I sort of thinking about that from a more from a developer perspective as well. You know, it's more a case of if you deliver a feature and it just works like it's supposed to. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like people, it's just there and people, maybe like, not until there's a problem does it really sort of show up for itself. Mm. And yeah, it's, oh, there's something else I was thinking of then, but sort of went away. But that's, mm -hmm. you know, that's the other thing I think of, but you have testing, ultimately testing. No, we don't need to, to do that because it's going to work anyway. <laughs> I'm sure this isn't the case anyway, but it's not until, you know, we could write tests or we could be doing something, but like, mm -hmm. are they adding, like, oh, we don't need those. They're not adding any value or something at, at this point because like they just don't see that they're there because mm. you know they're sort of hidden behind or just doing just maintenance and things i log into sites and do like a uh, drupal core update or something when it comes out every other wednesday mm. and it's just done yeah and it just happen it happens seamlessly and the update fairies appear or whatever, <laughs> whatever it is you know and not unless there's an actual problem you know i've probably done I don't know, let's say, pick a round number, let's say I do 99 updates and one fails or something. It's going to be that one that fails that people are going to pick up on and go, well, why did it not um, mm. work or you need know, to have a post-mortem or, or something? Whereas mm. if it had gone fine, uh, you know, would there be a, oh, it went well, here's you know, a box of chocolate or something. I don't know what yeah. I mean. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's sort of how, if things just work, people become sort of accustomed to it. And this is something... I felt, at least when I started working remotely so many years ago, I just sort of felt like I had to sort of justify what I've been doing. Mm. And of course, everyone could sort of see, you know, I'm pushing commits and things. But it's a habit I've heard other people talking about as well. It's just putting, also doing a little, little MIDI stand-up. And I'd be like, today I have done, da -da 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 -da. here's a little uh, list of things, and tomorrow I'm going to be doing, da -da -da -da. just so people could see what I was doing. Mm. Again, it's like, so the people were aware of what I was doing, rather than it sort of just, happening if that makes any sense no it does it does I, I having worked remotely for five plus years now i appreciate the point because you're you're not physically there so no one sees mm. you and so i guess you have to do something just to stay you're part of the group you're 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 part of the team as well like i i, I don't do it often but I usually do, or sorry, intermittently do either just participate in conversations, even if it's not real, it has to be kind of partially related, not just, I will pick a random conversation and just join <laughs> in. That yeah. makes no sense, unless it's like hashtag water cooler or whatever. Right. But sometimes mm -hmm. just join in, uh, so kind of people, without broadcasting to people, I'm still here, but you yeah. are communicating that, that subtly. And also, I guess, just to stay involved, it's like, because I had a chat yeah. to a friend in Australia today, 
and he was just chasing some feedback on things. And we had a much longer chat than normal, mainly because, you know, you see, I, I sit in the same office mostly pretty much every day. Uh, mm -hmm. I see the neighbor's kids and some of the neighbors as they do their routine. That's pretty yeah. much me. And it's like, whoa, someone to talk to. Hello. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I spend, yeah, so we work in when I start working for the Trip Association, yeah, so many, quite a few years ago, maybe about five years, maybe longer, I can't mm. remember. Definitely pre-COVID. Um, so yeah, when I do get a day where I go into an office or, or I spend an occasional day in a co-working space, it's mm. like, yeah, yeah, people or, or meetups or something. Now we've started going back to mostly in-person meetups and, and mm. conferences again. That's been quite nice. And I felt that these are days where I'm, you know, if I'm here, like I just, working and very focused and mm -hmm. usually quite heads down and if i'm not in a call or something but it's quite nice just to go like go into a co-working space there's a co uh, small one near us and there's a couple of other guys from the php south wales meetup mm -hmm. uh, and we're just like yeah we'll go there on a thursday and um just i think this is much to do with the catching up and the uh, I don't want to say networking, that's, that's sort of the wrong term, but socializing, that's the mm. word I'm looking for, socializing <laughs> a little oh, bit. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's just quite, it's, it's quite nice. Um, so yeah, it's nice to be able to, it's nice to have the choice. I think that's the important thing. Yeah, but, like I, I, I like that with something like this or with various other um, video services, you can just talk to whoever virtually kind of whenever, and that's cool. And I am completely anti the the point when people say, oh, well, if you work remotely, you're not really working or it can't work. I'm well, right. can have done it. And I know countless people who do do it, but there is an element of, sorry. And it is really easy to do. It's quite, you just turn the app on or whatever and sit down and like lights, if that's your thing or mm -hmm. just a laptop. But at times there is something about just seeing someone and just being physically near someone. It's, I don't know. It's, I think both have their, their benefits. Yeah, I think that's part of the thing. So I think this, at least in the UK, I see most other places when COVID sort of started, mm. at least us working in tech, like we, everyone just went, just work from home. Basically, I was doing it anyway. But mm. yeah, so because everything was then done on Zoom and Slack and Teams, you know, all these other video and chat sort of services. Whereas now it's sort of some companies are doing the opposite again and sort of trying to get people back into an office or, or not. Mm. And, um, yeah, I think it's just having the choice is the main thing. You know, it's, I'm quite lucky again now to be like essentially still fully remote, but, mm -hmm. um, the actual office, uh, is about 30 minutes drive wow. from here. Uh, and I've gone in a couple of times. Um, and that was part of me changing jobs. I did last, last, just over a year ago. Mm -hmm. So it means that when I was, my previous job, I'd have to go to London. So it's you know, a couple of hours in a train and then a tube across. Uh, it was like, yeah, yeah. So we did that every so often. I had to do up to Manchester a couple of times of every couple of weeks. It's about a three hour train from here. Yeah. So it's nice to have that opportunity. I'm just like, okay, it'll be quite nice to not have to go that far. But I remember being, and I, I say I, it's, it's a bit privileged because I'm you know, quite a senior position doing this for quite a while. I'm mm. like, yeah, and you know, I was sort of it's it's been a bit different, but I was a bit like, you know, I don't want to do five days in the office. Um as I do I, I got the advantage of being set up here. I know people working on the kitchen table or whatever, we obviously would be uh um I assume wanting to go back and because there's a mm -hmm. mental health aspect of it as, yeah. as well. Um but yeah, for me it's 
it's, it's having the choice. It's like, oh yeah, I, I want to go to the office today or, or not, or I want to go co-working space today or not, um, rather than you, you know, maybe have to do this or have to do that. And a lot of a lot of it goes around trust, of course, as well, right? If mm-hmm. It's um, of course you can, yeah, I'm going to put a little daily update in Teams or whatever at the end of the day, but people can still see commits that I'm writing going up or. And that's when I first started doing it. I was like, I have to commit something today. I have to be able to sort of say, today I've done mm. X. And then sort of over some time sort of realized that, you know, I could have a day in the office where I couldn't, you know, maybe let's say, air quotes, achieve something. You know, maybe mm. you have a slow day in the office or not. But yeah, that was quite interesting. But yeah, it's, it's just having that trust to be able to, you know, go and do what needs doing. And then slowly over time, I think my my thing needs to change, right? It's not that I have to prove I am doing it, but mm-hmm. if, I, if I'm if i not doing it, then that will be obvious that I'm not doing it rather than the other way around. So at some point, I had a bit of a mental shift in, okay. in it, I think, as well. It, it took me a while to get to that point, even though the, f- the person who inadvertently introduced me to it was completely different. She was the, uh, perhaps she'd been doing it for years herself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she was already at that point, but... Uh, how I started, uh, and it's a, a wee little story, uh, was I was, I'd, I'd never done anything other than full-time work in my whole life up until that point. Um, and I found myself sitting in a cafe in Singapore one time. And as was apparently the trend for young people, I was young once despite the hair, uh, <laughs> at least at that time, perhaps they still do it in Singapore, uh, was to sit in cafes and talk to people on your laptop, even though you were surrounded by other people. Yeah. And people still sent postcards in those days, quite a lot. Uh, So perhaps that's giving away my my age. (laughs) Um, But I I was actually going to write some postcards and I actually sent them. Anyway, so I didn't have all the addresses and I just saw this lady and she had, you know, one of the many people with a laptop and said, look, do you mind if I borrow a laptop? I just flashed the postcards I had and she said, yeah, 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 no worries. And then I kind of felt this thing of, well, I've kind of, you've given me something. I kind of feel like this odd, awkward, I should say something and not just be, yeah, thanks and continue on. Like some kind of be gracious. And I just yeah. randomly struck up a conversation and said, oh, do you mind if I ask what you're doing here? Because I'm just here on holidays. And the lady said that she was from the States originally and she'd been living and working in Colombia for several years. She was an online editor and a writer for a magazine. I, I have no idea which one now. Okay. And one of her best friends from college or whatever, who was living in Singapore said, oh, you have to come here. It's amazing. The quality of life, blah, 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 blah. And she said, I'm just here for 12 months to see if I like it. If I don't, I'm going back to Colombia or maybe somewhere else like Ecuador. Yeah. And I was just blown away thinking, wow, because I'd barely left Australia by this point and said, I, I'm going to feel like a bit of a, like a Gumby, a bit of a wet behind the ears, but how does that work? And she just looked at me quite perplexed saying, okay. And then she stopped herself and said, look, okay, here's, here's the rub. I, you know, she was employed, maybe freelance, maybe full-time. I've no idea. Uh, not now. Um, by this, um, publication in the U S and they would send her an email every 
so what, like on, on roughly regular intervals saying we need here's a batch of work and we need you to get this amount of work done by this date and in return we will pay you x in us dollars and so okay. she said what could be simpler than that i know exactly mm -hmm. what i need to do and when i need to do it and what they're going to give me for it i get yep. it done they pay me i just go back to doing what i'm doing when yep. i do it how i do it they don't care because they just want the results by that deadline and I sat there and it was one of those moments, if you've seen, oh, there was a movie with Will Smith and he plays the fellow who kind of falls down on his luck and becomes a, a ultra successful stockbroker. And so, oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I can't remember the name of it, but I've seen the The something of happiness, the meaning of happiness, something, whatever. Mm. And he says to the fella, what do you do and how do you do it? It was kind of one of those, how do you, I want that. I want what I, I want that. I have no idea how to do it, but mm. I want that. And that still forms my thinking to this day of when people say, oh, but, oh, but you, you know, remote work doesn't work. And I appreciate in certain industries, like I don't know how you could be a remote working doctor or heart yeah, specialist, exactly. yeah. right? Certain things or I guess in certain industries, because of legal restrictions, you know, having things be offsite, et cetera, et cetera. So allowing for that and appreciating, as you said, the privilege in many ways of being able to. I, I, for me, like I, I spent a bit of time looking at it, that if you are not in an office, then the business owner doesn't have to have as large an office yep. to cover everybody. And by virtue of that, there's there are lower power bills, insurance bills, um, what would you call it, um, um, stationary desks, all mm -hmm. everything that goes along with that. Yeah. And then I think also the insurances and stuff. If I already said that, sorry. And then as yourself, you then don't have to uh, take as much time out from whatever it is you do: pets, family, friends, mm -hmm. sport. Or you have more time for those things or more discretionary yeah. time, less costs in getting ready, <laughs> transport. And so arguably, I would think, as you said, well, if there's proper trust on, on both sides and respect, yeah. well, you can get in and do the thing that you need to do without the, the, the travel time either side and all that goes along with that. They get yeah. the, the employee gets the work done or the, the client. Um, happy days, hopefully. Yeah, I mean, I've sort of the same people sort of ask me, so how do you do like you know, your day job work? Uh, how do you do the freelance work? How do you do the user group organizing? How do you do <laughs> like a sort of list of things I'm doing? And I think part of that is I don't have this hour and a half commute every way, twice a day going home that I, that I did at one point. Uh, at one point, I'd drive over to Bristol, uh, let's say it was about half an hour drive, and then I'd catch. Um, the park and ride bus into the center or catch a train or something. And yeah, that's, that's it's maybe an hour or hour and a half each way. So that's mm. three hours a day that you're not commuting, two to three hours a day, you're not commuting. And yeah, if you're putting that towards, you know, writing a blog post or doing something else or, you know, you can. <laughs> and yeah, it's just using that extra time uh, sort of effectively. Or if I just use take the kids to school or something, or pick them up or something, that's yeah. better as well, of course. Daddy, so. daddy, come here, look at this. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, yeah, I had a charming experience on the tube once, and it also—I think it was the when I talked to this lady in Singapore, it was it was the spark that lit things that gradually became 
working remote. But mm. the one that, what would you say, kind of rammed me into it was um, I'd been living and working in London for six months maybe, I think, and doing the, the, the typical underground or the tube every day, which, yeah, Lordy, that's just horrid at the best of times. Um, it gets you by, but I don't think that's a glowing indictment. Um, mm -hmm. And it, it came, it only ever happened once and it came out of the blue. I, we were just standing at one of the stations, don't remember which, my uh, then girlfriend and I, and I saw the, the, the train approach and I froze. And it was, it wasn't a choice thing. It just, it happened spontaneously. Mm -hmm. And I, and the doors opened and I just couldn't do it. And I looked at my, right. my girlfriend and said, what are, you, what are you doing? She's like a very logical, very workers top responsibility. This is what we do. We have to go. We just deal with things and move on. And I just said to her, I said, I'm going to freak out if I hop in that train. I'm standing mm -hmm. here. And kind of, it was already there. And anyway, like a lot of backstory of personalities that I'll skip over. And I just couldn't, I just froze. I, I just, it, it was weird. It was the most kind of uh, unexpected, odd experience. And it took about another four to five trains to go past. And I was glued to that spot, gradually mm. kind of like thawing out, if you will. Interesting. Is it almost like an anxiety type of thing or just as a, sounds like a really interesting sort of thing to have, or this thing to happen. I, I think it was dead set anxiety, but I am not... I've never looked into that too much to define okay. it more specifically, but it, it, it came out of nowhere. And I, I like, there was enough anxiety. I couldn't move myself or was concerned enough of what would I, how would I react if I had have. Mm. And I just looked at all these people and it was a typical tube. It was just packed. And there packed, was like maybe yeah. space just for you, but without a lung full of oxygen. <laughs> um, and I just couldn't, and it and it took a long, well, a long enough time to mm. pass. And it was when I eventually got on, I think I glanced around and I saw this man who I would project at maybe early sixties, even in so you know immaculately dressed. And I thought that is not me. No, yeah. just that's no mm -hmm. for everybody else. Okay, look, if if you're totally cool with that, or you don't care, have at it. I'm not going to try and critique somebody and say, you all have to go the way I have now uh, decided. No, just it's no. Occasionally, yeah. And I would do it here be, mainly just to humor a previous client who expected me to turn up to the office every day. And I just, we had clashes because I just didn't. And occasionally yeah. I would turn up just to say, hello. <laughs> and I would get less work done. And then mm -hmm. I'd go home. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I'm just thinking, like, when's the last time I actually ended up wearing, like, a full suit anyway, <laughs> like, to, like, wow. even, like, to job interviews, because most of the jobs I've been doing, yeah, like, this one, yeah, all the, like, both interviews done online, even back as far as, yeah, trying to cast my mind back, just looking at the dates, yeah, the last, so, yeah, my introduction to remote working was, was quite interesting, <laughs> quite mm -hmm. interesting, I remember being in the office, uh, where I was working for an agency, based in Cardiff, I've done a lot of work with Drupal CMS and PHP. So I'm doing a lot of Drupal work um, for that agency. And I've come across this post, I think it's on LinkedIn or somewhere. And I guess prior to this, I'd be doing some freelance work all the way through remotely but for, for clients and things. But my day jobs had always been 
in an office five days a week or, or somewhere. And I'd seen, oh, they're hiring um, developers for the internal, um, the in-house team to work on Drupal.org itself. So the site, the host, all the Git repositories and all the mm. information for, for the Drupal project. And I was chatting to somebody in the office about it. Oh, they're doing this. This is really interesting. I wonder what's going on over there. No intention of applying for it whatsoever at that <laughs> at that point. Mm-hmm. And then one day, I yeah, so well, I might as well apply for it. And um, DA was was mostly uh, had an office at the time in Portland, Oregon. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's where sort of everybody was centered. Um, but you know, people spread out across the US. There's one other um, EU european-based person at that point but i was the first one for the uk at that point anyway so yeah i went from five days a week in an office in cardiff so yeah about 20 minute drive from my house to working remotely for a us non-profit uh around the drupal open source project Mm -hmm. um yeah trying to deal like you know an eight hour time difference uh Mm -hmm. every day to begin with uh that was really interesting but but yeah but, but that was all done remotely so I go back to our, one of my previous points, but like there's the two um, DrupalCon conferences every year that have been prior to COVID. So there's one in the US and one in uh, Europe. So we'd always sort of meet up there, uh, but then we do two sort of retreats, I guess, in Portland as well at the time. So that was fun. I remember the first time I did that is, you know, I'd have to fly from Cardiff to Amsterdam and then change to go out to Oregon. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, long flight landed. I was, probably quite jet lagged at that point and then sort of landed got picked up at the airport by one of my colleagues and like oh yeah we're going to drive to the coast to the beach it's like you look at it on a map it's like this far it's like a two-hour drive <laughs> to, where, to where the place is mm-hmm. um yeah just really i just remember that and yeah hanging out on the beach and things uh, and i remember a lot more about the social aspects and the people i work with there uh, as well as the technical stuff, and, mm-hmm. you know, even though the majority of it was done online, I do look back at the the conference on sites that we did and the um, yeah the um, the retreats in the office. And yeah, it's, it's um, I don't really lose some of that working remotely. I guess we still read it with it on site with the team. Reason for my current job now. Uh, my line manager was saying everyone's got legs <laughs> you know <laughs> everyone's taller than, than what they look like because we've all yep. just seen each other on a screen yeah um for, for two years of kids maybe so that was quite interesting but um yeah to, to dig deeper i guess um i guess here's the question of we, we we've sort of talked broadly about um the like the pros and cons of remote working and in the office working but would you say that what you that that i guess in effect they can be equal or one maybe is 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 better than the other i'd argue it only mm. from the perspective that well okay uh some friends have said oh but there's the water cooler talk you miss and i'd say yeah, yeah. and there's all the whole oh can we just talk about i was really in the middle of this did, did you did you have to do it right now? So yeah. I, I think you, you could kind of maybe put them on par, but you'd really have to sort of sit down and make up like a list. Like here are the positives of this side. Here are the negatives of this side. Here are mm-hmm. the positives of the other side and, and, and so on. Because I think you can yeah. you can argue perhaps convincingly either way. Do you, do mm. for you, do you feel one is, is a clear standout or 
roughly 50-50? Where do you sort of mm. sit on that? It's interesting. Yeah, I've done, for me, yeah, for me personally, I remember doing sort of a mixture of both and things. And I remember it, it's very different. I, I guess it depends. It's different for different people based on the personality types and things as well. But yeah, I remember like peer programming is something now that will be on Teams or Zoom or something and you're sort of typing onto a screen compared to when you actually sat in an office, sat next to somebody, even, you know, swapping a keyboard back and forth and, and working. Um, they're quite different. Um, I guess in different ways. I mean, I do remember doing that with a project when I was working over on site for that agency a couple of years ago. Mm. And that was really interesting, partly, I guess, because of the project, but also I was working with, um, let's say, I was probably a mid-level developer. Let's say, I know she had some experience prior, but not to particular, but the differences with Drupal 7 and Drupal 8 were really different. So I think she'd done a lot of Drupal 7, not so much Drupal 8. So a lot of new paradigms and, and you know, object-orientated programming and dependency injection stuff that wasn't there before. And we would just sort of go over some of this like in person and mm. write a feature between the two of us and did a bit back and forth. And I remember then we did so did the feature and I said, you know, we went off and had a break or whatever. And then said, do you know what we should do now? We should write some tests for that. And she was like, yeah, let's go and do that. Mm. Whereas, yeah, that's that type of thing can be different i don't want to say trickier but different i guess the other thing i can sort of compare to that springs to mind is just before the pandemic literally like the day or two before i was in the office in london i think it's friday the 13th or something of march it was like literally before covid was a thing but lockdowns hadn't started yet and i was in the london uh the london office because the drupal camp conference was happening that weekend and i was giving a training session so i was doing a uh, automated testing PDD workshop. Mm -hmm. And I did that. That was meant to be an in-person um, workshop. You know, everyone sort of sat around. You know, I'm sat at the front, everybody else has sat around some desks, whatever. Um, I think we ended up switching it to hybrid at the last minute. So a couple of people joined in on Slack or whatever it was, but it, it was fine. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I'd, I'd done, I'd put together these notes and everything beforehand. Here's a code repository you can sort of clone and, people we could sort of see people in a room and see how they were going literally sort of walk around and see what's going on and also just like you started off by saying this is how you write a test and let's test um anonymous users can't see the admin page or something mm -hmm. so that with there's no setup really and to see people going through that like having not written a test before to writing out the class and this and then running it and so sort of seeing it's sort of see the face sort of light up a little bit not to, to sound too too cheesy about it but mm. i then did i did the same workshop uh i think it was for Drupal camp nyc last year but completely remote because covid and it was completely different it's just like me talking for three hours three or four hours four or five hours just non-stop just going through these slides and had gone to uh, all, all the notes and then mm. whereas before there'd be a pause and they'd be typing. I'm then sort of typing out, copy and pasting stuff, talking almost to myself <laughs> in a way. <laughs> so it's really hard to get that. Um, yeah, because you can't, partly I guess, because, you know, people are sat there, there's no, maybe they've not got a camera on or, or something, but mm -hmm. there's definitely side like body language and things you can sort of pick up in a room. Oh, it's maybe easier sort of to interact with people in, in an actual sort of sit down physical setting yeah. rather than just purely online but 
yeah, I suppose if you do, as you said, there's definitely roles that you need to be on site for. Uh, it yeah. depends. Like I say, I think it depends on. There's definitely certain things. Even I suggested recently. I think we were looking at adding some new feature or something, and I'm like, you know, what we should do with that? We should all meet up in you know this office. We've got a big whiteboard and some markers. Mm-hmm. Like, let's plan this out properly. Like, as as a group, let's get you know myself and a couple of the devs and the PM and a couple of you know like it's going to be easier to, to whiteboard like with an actual proper <laughs> in a room or some sticky notes or something, yeah. rather than trying to do it on a mirror board or whatever you know or Trello board or something mm-hmm. online. Just having that real time sort of thing and mm-hmm. pick up on, uh, you know, sort of little facial expression, yeah, which you probably would miss otherwise. If uh, yeah, yeah, so yeah, and, they're cool. And I guess yeah, I mean, again, like I've you know doing this for quite a while, I do sort of wonder. I, I keep trying to stay involved with people on boot camps, and I've done some boot camp mentoring and, and training before. Mm-hmm. Like I do wonder how would it be. For those new people starting now, trying to pick up a, a boot camp or, or a course remotely, you know, because it's not like if, if you're doing that and you get to sit in a room with people, or mm. if maybe you want a placement and you again like flip around, like I'm a junior sat with a more senior person, like literally sat there and you can ask questions. I wonder, like, how the, how would that dynamic change for me if I was starting now? Like, okay, here's a Slack group or a Teams group or whatever you can join here's a, a git url or something and then like the do- confluence uh the documentation is in confluence or something like that would here's a pdf or something go hmm. you know w- would you feel you know less able to ask questions or something because you're sort of behind the screen rather than in front of a person i don't know um it has crossed my mind for one i'm not yeah i don't know i i don't, I don't know I'm, I'm a bit mixed on it like i've never had much of a problem Maybe it was just, ah, we just do this, it'll be fine. And I, uh, I've tried to, like, if there was an issue, I would contact someone somewhere. Usually you start with, like, sort of purely text, like, dude, are you there? I need to have a chat about blah. <laughs> Often it, it would come back with, all right, let's do a video call. And we just start chatting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it would sort of be like you and I just right now. Um, and I kind of felt, for the most part, that was all I needed, but in in that statement is 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 very much a a, a, a me approach mm. to it, like how I see life, and perhaps that is purely because mid forties touch over. Let's not go too much there, um, and so I kind of have done the other side of and like have worked for a lot of different people on site in person, and maybe it's just because. I don't know. <laughs> As some friends say, we're at that age now where we sit on the front porch and say, "Get off my lawn!" Okay. We just yell at the what? what we, we yell at the at the youths as they walk yeah. past. They're not yeah. children; they are youths. Um, but kind of <laughs> somewhat seriously, in that you're in a certain age bracket where you've kind of done enough mm-hmm. a variety of of work and situations and and so forth that I know what I need. We just do this. Um, and it doesn't really matter, but yeah, I, I take your point for someone who perhaps is, is right at the start, doesn't have that background, perhaps is maybe a little nervy and just feels a bit more comfortable being in person. Yeah. I, I could imagine that could be quite challenging or a bit sort of confronting mm. like, okay, 
this feels weird. I am just in a room on my own <laughs> and I'm staring at a screen, but we are talking. You know, yeah. But then on the other side of it, I guess also given our, our respective ages that being in person was so common and, and for perhaps parents and grandparents, but maybe for youths, you know who you are, people. <laughs> uh, you, you youngins. Yeah, shakes fist again. And soon, and soon, I'll have the, the slightly doddery voice, a bit like <laughs> Patrick Stewart now, with a slightly uncertain voice. Um, uh, he was so much more confident, confident, and, and and commanding in TNG. But if you kind of grew up, I guess, where so many things are just online, maybe then that that's the the, the counter flip, like. Hmm. I talk to this friend and they live like there. I live, I talk to my grandparents who live a couple hundred kilometers that way and we do everything on video. Yeah. I, I don't know. I guess I'd really have to like talk to different people in, uh, from a whole series of experiences just to get a, a gauge of it. Yeah. That's a good point. Cause yeah, I think, so it was 2010 when I started coding full time, mm -hmm. but, but even before that, like I went into a junior role, but I don't have been coding. So I, I learned off online courses and uh, like what was it, like lynda.com and those sorts mm -hmm. of things back in 2007 because I got asked to build a website for somebody and I was already mm -hmm. doing like hardware, like laptop repairs and some things. So it's like, oh, yeah, you, you can do computers, right? You can build. <laughs> uh, and I, I had an interest in it, of course, but um, yeah, I sort of learned sort of that and then tried a bit of PHP and then tried some ASP and then so I went from there to doing Drupal and whatever. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, I, I just trying to think, like, it wasn't as much, I assume that there's more stuff like, I was watching a tutorial, someone's released like a four hour video on learning Go, <laughs> like, you know, on, on YouTube for free, you know, again, so maybe there's just more of that type of, maybe the information is more readily available now to people mm -hmm. than it was before. Rust is where it's at, know. kids, Rust. Just saying it. <laughs> yeah, I, I've not written any of it. I see Rust. Uh, come up my Twitter feed quite a lot, but I watch mm. a lot of Twitch streams and people coding stuff in Rust, just because, you know, I'm, I'm watching it because they're maybe using the OVM or using mm -hmm. something else that's quite interesting. But I still pick up as much, even though I'm not, like, it's not a language that I write, I still mm -hmm. pick up a lot of, same with the peer programming thing, like, what did you just press? And it's like, <laughs> and there's like, yeah, this thing pops up and it's just mm -hmm. like, yeah, oh yeah, that, that, you type that in there and then this thing, uh, it renames all your things and yeah. I looked at rap. I tried to live go um, a little bit. I've been going through a repo called Learn Go with Tests. Mm -hmm. That's been quite interesting. Uh, trying to pick that up and I think I was learning pick up more, maybe on the DevOps side recently, picking up Pulumi for doing infrastructure as code more recently. Mm -hmm. So adding that to my DevOps stack. But yeah, I'm thinking earlier on the year I wanted to try and learn something new uh, programming wise. But yeah, maybe uh, yeah, Rust seems quite popular. Various I, things. I, I I I did like my my like learning go for a while, but then I don't know. It kind of faded. It petered. I still do do it, but I just don't sit every day as as I want to. You're doing it. You're doing it quite a lot. You're doing like blog posts and everything, and videos and everything. Were you for a while on go? And then it fell in a heap. But <laughs> I like to say I still do do it. And though primarily what I write at Twilio is PHP content. Mm -hmm. Um. I'm, I'm guessing that uh, the boss there is going to maybe hear this at some stage. Yes, I've been looking at other things. No, but he knows that anyway. Um, but I've been looking at 
go because I, I fished around for a number of languages because I'd uh, this is one of my my foundation stories of I did oh, what did I learn when I was at uni many years ago kids um, that's going to be my catch line hello kids uh, I learned C and Java but I think more Java right. than C and I accidentally my I got into PHP quite by happenstance and I always told myself that or at the time C and Java they were real languages and this this weird scripting language well I'd just do it for a while but I'd come back to the real language at some point fast forward how many years later <laughs> I thought about that coming back to other languages maybe I should actually just learn some languages and mm -hmm. and, and just uh, come good on that and I think I wrote down a list of uh, it was Java Kotlin Go Rust and there were probably a few others like Scala and so okay. forth. Because I thought I want to make this. I deliberately want to make this hard, so mm. that it's not just kind of basically scripting language to scripting language. Because I feel well, okay. Really, what's the point? I mean, are those sort of interlinked in any way, or just you want to use pick almost sort of at random? Like I'd like to learn language A, language B, language C, or did you sort of think, oh, if I learn Java? then there'll be sort of a progression from Java to Kotlin to C or to, or to something, or do you just pick them at random? They, uh, there was an element of randomness to them, but Java was the one that, like that was one of the ones I'd started learning all those years ago. That was one of the foundational languages for me, but Java mm. then, or was it, today's Java isn't your granddad's Java kind of thing. It was, as I talked to Stu Herbert, recently he said oh no no the original jvm was garbage <laughs> and he said he had so many problems with um java at the time that he in, in his words he said no he said i found this thing called php which, which was remarkably stable and i said i'll take that yeah um fast forward to today but it, it's just kind of been a thing that's stuck in my mind it's where i started as it were mm. I, I just well yeah effectively I just kind of it's like you start something and you don't want to just like not finish it as it were yeah but having said mm. that every time i sort of come back to it there is for me at least though i appreciate it's it's been greatly simplified in recent releases there's so much overhead just to get started and it's like even in go you can say like hello world or rust or whatever java seems to be all this boilerplate and then you got to get maven and gradle or you don't have to but that yeah. seems to be what I see. You've got to get one of these build tools. And I'm like, I, I just want to print the string. Like that yeah. <laughs> shouldn't yeah. be so challenging. No, no, that's true. But yeah, this, this, yeah, I suppose, uh, this is something I, I go back and forth on a, a, a little bit. Uh, so it's say like it started off doing a, a website for a Taekwondo school I used to train at. I thought it was probably 18 to like mid early 20s mm -hmm. so I sort of asked to you know build this little website that oh we want to put our class times on we want to put um some news and then you know people to sort of sign up so I sort of built it and then it was all page found some html template online and used it <laughs> and mm -hmm. that went from there then we sort of wanted to make look at making it dynamic so I remember doing a bit of um I think it was like ASP and then some PHP so do a bit of a comparison uh, got sort of something from that working then, sort of progressed from that. And then actually, I think I've still got a screenshot of the forum post where somebody says, well, yeah, you could do it, you know, this way. 
or maybe you want to try i think it was joomla and drupal mm. i'm sure there's a third one i can't remember what it was um and i said yeah built this same site probably about 10 times and different things but um yeah, so progress from there and then sort of doing Drupal, and then from Drupal started doing, you know, more recent bit of Symfony and then some Vue and then some JavaScript, and then some TypeScript. So for me, it's been very sort of progressional and I've mm -hmm. sort of one or complementary sort of skills as well. I try and think of them as, but I do sort of think about this from a sort of, you sort of hear some people about niching down or, mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, do you put yourself out there and figure more of a, from a, freelancing sort of consulting perspective you know do you say oh yeah i'm a you know expert level php or expert level drupal developer or because you don't want to be just a generic sort of web dev but then mm. which how do you yeah is niching down too much i remember being a php meter once and got called the drupal guy um <laughs> by somebody uh, there yeah um so it's interesting how that sort of happens and i think that I was chatting to Steve King about it uh, mm -hmm. uh, a while ago, um, with Steve McDougall about it. Yep. And he was sort of saying that, about, oh, people think of me as being a Laravel guy, but I do Slim and some other stuff as well. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, it's sort of constant. So, no, both agencies have done that. We've done, let's say, you know, Drupal primarily, and then have started doing something else completely different. Mm. And I'm like, how do you get the mental thing from there to there? Yeah, I get mm. that there's, you know, there's a new revenue stream because you've, added something else in mm -hmm. but uh, now you're gonna have to hire a completely different team to work on that and never mm -hmm. the two shall meet whereas it might be a bit different to you know oh where well, we do drupal and then yeah drupal uses symphony so we'll start doing some symphony oh mm -hmm. now we've done symphony we might do some mesio framework or some laravel or something it's this more so maybe we can move people around uh on different projects it's i don't know yeah I, it's interesting it's like i take your point I think, mm. at least I found for myself that you get identified as that which you talk about most or that which you're nearest to. Interesting. Mm -hmm. um, and then things I would just talk about, like I, I was doing some doc stuff where I'd talk about that. And so when I, it, it started coming up, I would talk to some friends. I said, oh yeah, you could sort this out for you. Far, far better than I could, kind of just in respect to docs or whatever. And be like, how did I acquire that? Oh, right. Yeah, that's what I kind of would talk about. And people just hear it, hear it, see your name kind of thing. But I, I, I take your point about there are so many different ways to, to look at it and can, I guess, do you effectively, in some ways, pigeonhole yourself. Um, but at least for myself, part of the language, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I feel I'm kind of, I'm, I'm sitting very comfortably and happy at, at Twilio. And I feel that's given me a lot of opportunity to um, look at my like language focus in a, in a different light. It was just one of those yeah. moments. I just went, oh, this is, this could be a really fantastic opportunity for so many reasons. Um, and it reminded me of something Jeremy Coates said. Mm -hmm once about when because i asked him about the kind of code i think he did and i think he said because he did a lot of code through his business that after that he was like well i don't have to do anything i can write i don't have to write code or if i write i can just write because i just want to write it yeah and i thought well it, it's 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 pretty clear as to the remit that i have at twilio and I have a project that I'm working on 
for like just a pure keep skills up to date, learn new things kind yeah. of thing. And it's, it's, it's like all web-based, like, so PHP and all that, that goes with that. And I thought, well, after that, if I then felt the inclination to do something, well, it, it, I could publish the stuff. It doesn't have to be client work. It can just be because that just took my fancy and it, mm-hmm. I, it, I felt very reminiscent if I can be so bold as to the stories I would read of like Koenigan and Richie and so forth. They, they didn't, there wasn't really the obligation to do things. You weren't what you see, I guess, in today's tech of crunching deadlines and endless hours. It was, well, we wrote it because it was really helpful and and it did make life so much better for us. Okay. Look, Mm. this little project turned into something that kind of focus. And I've, I'm not anti-capitalist. But, and, and by saying that, I'm not going to say, oh, well, he's, he's communist or Marxist or whatever. No, I'm, I'm just saying I see it as, is, is, or the, the, the perspective I've been gravitating toward, perhaps for a long time, is that, well, I'll, I, 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 is something a, 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 a lecturer I had at uni, wonderful man, said is, is software development is, is a craft how you particularly implement that doesn't have to be, well, I am a, like, what would you say? I am a web developer or I'm a PHP web developer and, you know, niche, 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 niche. It can be, you are a software developer or software engineer, frame Mm -hmm. it as you will. And that is a certain approach, a certain craft, how you specifically apply it in this instance may be completely different to how you apply it in a latter instance. So for example, I, I guess, you, or maybe like a chef, you have, you, you know, you, you are a chef or you, hopefully there are no chefs listening who are about to crucify me. <laughs> you know, you know how to cook, you know, you know, the art of like how a kitchen works and perhaps, you know, uh, this is just guessing from, cause I used to watch avidly cooking shows, you know, ready, city cook. If, if Jan can cook, so can you. Anyway, um, I've watched way too many. And they would say they could do, was it classic French, modern French, um, Vietnamese, da, 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 da. So, you know, yeah. overall how it works, but then, you know, a series of disciplines that you can apply yourself to and just flit and change yeah. between them. And that's kind of where I'm gravitating toward. I think now is instead of being fat, perhaps quite siloed in PHP web apps more broadly, mm. learning a couple of languages because while it might seem strange, well, you know, how can, I guess like being a polyglot in, in human languages, but you know, you can only focus on one at a time. Da, da, da. There is relevance in that, but sometimes just by starting to, to look at another language or another framework or dive into one, even if you yeah. don't really use it too deeply, that learning you can then bring back to what you do much more regularly. Yeah. So I kind of yeah. see it as that way is broadening your mind, broadening your focus, broadening your skills and, if someone's, you know, someone says, oh, we, you, we need this, or I really need a tool that can help me stop manually doing da da da, and nothing else really seems to fit. All right, well, yeah. let's just get into that. So it's just, mm-hmm. it's just applying the skill of software engineering to something that's relevant is perhaps yeah. the short. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I guess it's going to be from that perspective, like concepts like it's always going to be conditional to write like the if statement, or you're going to have some sort of while or for loop or something. And I guess some of that comes down to like, if you're learning from scratch, you would maybe be aware of these things. But if you're 
let's say PHP that you want to pick up, I don't know, Rust. Let's say like you can Google how do I do X in Rust because you know what X is already. Like, and the implementation of it might be slightly different. Um, like I was writing some Lua code, so I was doing some new, more new of him configuration, and like hey, like that just has I'm probably gonna get the words wrong, but like tables in Lua, but so it doesn't have uh, arrays and sorts of arrays like the way PHP would. Mm-hmm. And the way you, you iterate over them is different using pairs or IO pairs based on whether it's like a, a, an integer key or, or not. But like, I know the fundamentals to, to Google and sort of yeah. search or just read the docs and go, oh yeah, I know what a, a, an XYZ is uh, rather than going to it from scratch. But yeah, I sort of envy the people who are like, oh, I can jump between uh, you know, language A, language B, language C. <laughs> and so, like I was doing it, like, and I was literally doing this with this. I moved from doing some, yeah, Lua config, uh, but then jumped to some TypeScript, and I'm trying to type local, because uh, that's how you define a variable in Lua, <laughs> and I'm trying to type that in a TypeScript file. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, it's let, is it's let in TypeScript? And then I'm like, do I put a dollar sign here or not? Because it's a thing in PHP that you do that. Um, yep. You put a semicolon at the end, but you can do it in school if you want. It's um, mm-hmm. it's getting to those, but I think yeah, I think as long as you've got a commitment to learn, I zoom in a little bit. So you know, I've worked with people who've done, as I say, Drupal and WordPress. Let's just say those two for example, mm-hmm. and even like let's say both of them have got a slightly different coding style. And I guess if you're committed to doing both and doing them well. And you know you're going to write WordPress code. Um, I first example, I think there were like spaces around the parens or something, or inside the parentheses on one but not the other. And mm. one maybe used two spaces or four spaces or something. And I'm like, yeah. So if you're going to do that, as long as you're going to do it properly, I guess. <laughs> and then, and I guess, yeah, it's like oh, if you're going to write TypeScript, you write that in a TypeScripty way and, and take all maybe not best practices but conventions around it rather than to say oh i can program generically or, or something yeah, i'm not sure but yeah no, i, I, I take your point it's if, just if you're going to do it it's, it's yeah make sure you well. do because yeah because otherwise you don't want to be one of these people who's like oh yeah i can do uh you know everything and do everything okay whereas you want to yeah be able to do each thing properly if that's the thing you can do i guess but i think within that though and just having a look at the clock it, it i <laughs> There is in some circles and in some people and in some countries a, 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 almost like an obligation to specialize and focus. But mm-hmm. I have not been the kind of person who knew from day one, this is what I want to do and I will, I will go after that. I just wasn't. Yeah. But I found, at least for me, that a specialization was a, a series of things, but those things were generally tangentially related to each other. Like mm-hmm. there was there was code and documentation, which became more code and communication. And yeah. this is you know doing code. Like okay, we'll, we'll write feature blah blah, which I have to do tomorrow. Um, but then it's communicating. Well, why is this a good thing? How does this yeah. work? Why should I use this, not that? Yeah. Um, and so maybe it's a soft specialization. But mm. if I, I perhaps too much so. I, I never wanted to get caught up in a sense of like a rat race of, I have to be this, I, I have to do that going, but cause I was always, well, do I, and why do I, or maybe I'm doing just fine. So I think yeah, getting a bit philosophical, <laughs> it, 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 it was to, to that 
was it the phrase to thine own self be true maybe you don't need to but maybe for some yeah. people coming from a particular background and i will probably wildly miss the mark but maybe something like in, in india or vietnam perhaps I, like that could be wild off the mark i apologize if i am but maybe you come from an environment where you just had to because you, you know you to, to succeed that was what you needed to do whereas maybe yeah. i was just lucky or lazy because i was <laughs> a little white boy from suburban australia who I didn't need to do that and and mm. the opportunities that i've come by haven't required that or maybe maybe i've missed the point that if i had it <laughs> i would have done better mm. i'm just trying to i guess the short is kind of keep an open mind to mm. yeah. what makes most sense what seems to I'm a, I'm a big one for uh finding something that really is meaningful and then it's not really work you just You'd, you just get into it because you do, hey, we'll do this, 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 this. And you don't perceive yeah. it as, oh, well, better get back to the grind. <laughs> it's just, no, yeah, man. Yeah. I'm, oh, am I, oh, I'm done for the day. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder how much of it also might be situational. Like if you, if you are just starting out and going into, let's say, a larger team or an agency mm. and you've got dedicated people and, and like oh, so-and-so does back-end work so-and-so does front-end so-and-so does DevOps stuff mm. you could probably then say oh, you're just doing this whereas then thinking back i'm like yeah i started off doing html and css because i had to to do that project and then oh i need to know i now need to make it dynamic so i'll do php mm -hmm. and then oh yeah now i need to learn how ftp works because this, <laughs> this was a while ago <laughs> And then now, like more recently, I'm like, oh, it's nice to do local dev environments. So I'll learn about Vagrant and Puppet and Ansible. Mm -hmm. And you got know, more likely, yeah, more recently, I've got to learn Docker and I've got to learn that. So I guess it depends on like, how deep down the rabbit hole you want to go. But also then if you've got other people, you know, already, yeah, if you don't have a need to learn Docker for, or, or Ansible or front end or whatever, anything, then, you know, maybe you just want to stay in your own lane and that's cool too. I had I had heard of PHP when I first started using it. I had used MySQL at uni. Uh, going this is going back to 1997, I think. And there I was. I I should have taken a photo, kind of thing, for, for posterity. <laughs> I was there with two books: Modern PHP three, and the 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 Bible Guide, as they were done in the day. Mm -hmm. to MySQL, yeah, 3.15 or something like this. Yeah. And it was just, what the hell? Okay, web server. Because <laughs> I'd just written, like, was it Java code and C code? Yeah. So I was web server, right Oh, what's one of those? Okay. Oh, well, okay, it wasn't quite like that. I obviously was aware of it. Um, but I wasn't, oh, no, oh, no, that's not quite true. Because I actually pictured myself, end up being an admin more than a, a dev really so i got into okay. um red hat 6 was my first linux install because windows yeah. 95 just crashed like a so and so um <laughs> i should be charitable um but a lot of these things i guess the fair thing to say was that the knowledge was quite superficial about all these components and so, yeah. as you just said, it was like, okay, so let's see, we deploy. Okay, where's the documentation? And, the, you know, the documentation websites in those days were beautiful gray with marquee. Um, mm -hmm. And, okay, so I put those files there and then I reload that. Ah, sweet. You know, and mm -hmm. it was so, like, automation tools. <laughs> this was 1997. Yeah. Automation mm -hmm. tools? 
Yeah. Not, not really. But anyway. Yeah. Must be interesting then. It's, all, it's almost come a little bit full circle now because, you know, my kids are 11 and 9 now. Mm -hmm. So we've been doing like some coding in Scratch. Or we've been doing a little bit of HTML. We built a little page for my, uh, one of the kids. So we just got like, like a little photo at the top. And like, I, you know, my name is, I do X, I like Y. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just, it's just a HTML bulleted list. And it's just like, it really is really basic HTML. But then like, we just put Tailwind on it, uh, you know, just, just add some styling. Mm -hmm. And for that, uh, and just for him, like just be able to change, um, just a word and then have it appear on a screen different. So you've changed, changed it in the text editor over here and now it's on the website that's different. Mm. Or you want to change the background color from red to blue, you can do that by changing it here. And it's just like the face is just like, whoa, right? That's, that's cool. <laughs> so to be able to sort of, yeah, so to be able to sort of, sort of see that and almost go back to it from basics mm. uh, is, yeah, it's really quite interesting before we sort of start worrying about uh, Docker and, and uh, PHP versions and, and Ansible's <laughs> like, how do we just type HTML? <laughs> type and style HTML. That's, yeah, really is quite interesting. Mm. Yeah. So start anyway, right from the basics. Anyway, we've been at this for a while, so maybe we should, we should wind up. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Um, as I always do at this point in the, the show, if there's something that, I don't know, you've got a, a training or a book or a talk or just something that you want to plug. Feel free. Uh, so you haven't been doing that many talks recently. I did, did a lot through COVID because, mm -hmm. like I say, you know, I did that workshop, which turns into a hybrid one. But even before that, the night before I did a remote talk. And it's funny, I started a blog post about here are the talks that I've done during COVID. Mm -hmm. um, I think it would just be you know, a couple of remote talks. And of course, then like that just kept growing and growing and growing. Um, so yeah, it's quite a lengthy blog post of talks I did wow. remotely mm -hmm. and actually got a little bit burnt out because we're just joining all these different user groups, uh, so uh, and, and giving talks was, uh, by the end, it's just like, yeah, that's a little bit enough, but I'm hoping to start doing some more talks again, but before mm -hmm. too long, um, what's been quite interesting for me, uh, something I've picked up recently is that I, I blog, I've got a website, oliverdavis.uk and I was sort of blog on there very infrequently. This is something that's been new for me. I've picked this up from a couple of other things. I've started doing daily emails. Hmm. So I'm literally just trying to write something every day. So I've, I've had a test run sort of this week. And I've managed to get something out every day. Uh, so I'm going to start link. I'm going to link that up to a So it's all about software development and, and DevOps. And interestingly, all the things I've been writing about so far are about Git and Docker and why I do tests. It's hmm. like, again, like I'd have thought, oh, yeah, you know, being a very PHP, Drupal focused, mostly specialist person of course i'll be writing about those all the time but mm. yeah interestingly a lot of them aren't so i guess that also makes them um applicable to more people so uh yeah so again, that's on like websites we can sign up for that and then trying to then start looking at doing some more sort of boot camps or and, and email courses around testing and maybe about ansible and deployments with ansible as well so mm -hmm. um, so putting all these things together at, at the moment, starting off with the daily post, which has actually been, when you first think about it, it's like, how am I going to write a post about something every day? But actually, uh, it seems to be going quite, quite well so far. Okay. So yeah, there'll be a page up at uh, probably slash daily on, on the website. You can sign, people can sign up for that. And I guess there as well, I'll, I'll be putting things around here where I'm going to be speaking and, and mm -hmm. courses and things I'll be doing as well. Awesome. All right. Well, I will add links to that in the show notes for this one. But 
thanks kindly for the the the, the unexpected um, um, journey of a conversation that it's been <laughs> this evening. No, it's been great fun, and yeah, it's thank you for having me on, and um, yeah, it's been really great to chat as it was when you came on did that talk for us, uh, remotely on the user group that was again good to have a, a chat there as well and, and we all learned a lot so thank yeah. you again for that and that's a wrap for this episode you can find more about anything you've heard in today's episode by going to freethegeek.fm that's freethegeek.fm if you've enjoyed the episode I'd love it if you'd give it a rating on your podcast platform of choice Alternatively, please leave a comment in the episode discussion. I'd love to know what you think, what you thought was good, what could do with a bit more work, etc., etc. Otherwise, I'll see you next time.